Many of my clients, myself included, have memories of our parents, teachers, and influential caregivers say things such as, don't be afraid, don't be angry, don't be sad, etc. And when the first and most influential communication teacher said that to us again and again and again when we were children having feelings, they were not teaching us to connect with certain aspects of ourselves. In fact, they were teaching us not to connect with our internal experience, with our emotional aspect of ourselves. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. This is part two of the Communicating Feelings series. In part one, we talked about what feelings are and what role they play in your internal communication. If you haven't listened to it already, check out episode 55 titled Your Internal Communication System. Today, we'll continue talking about feelings. And in this episode, we're going to talk all about why it's difficult for most of us to communicate our feelings or to communicate particular feelings. You'll hear about the four main reasons that make it hard for us to communicate feelings. And of course, in the end, I'm going to give you a transformative action you can take. Now, even though we all have feelings and feelings are a natural aspect of being human, just like we said in episode 55, Feelings are difficult to communicate. Why? Because when it comes to communication, it's easy to communicate with our first and most influential communication teachers, aka our parents and caregivers, taught us to communicate. It's easy to communicate what we have learned to communicate. It's easy to communicate what we've had a lot of practice communicating. And most of us have not been taught to communicate our feelings. So we haven't learned how to communicate them. We haven't had enough practice communicating them. To communicate our feelings, we need to have a deep sense of connection with ourselves, which means that we need to know how to connect with ourselves. What I find in my practice as a transformative communication teacher and coach is that most of us have not been taught how to connect to ourselves when we were learning to connect. And one essential way in which we learn to connect is through the language and communication we were exposed to as children. If we had learned to connect to ourselves, it means that we would have heard a lot of language and communication about our internal experience. So let me ask you this. When you were a child, how many times can you remember your first and most influential communication teachers asking you about your internal experience or giving words to your internal experience? How many memories do you have of your parents and caregivers asking you what it was like inside when you unexpectedly fell off your bike or when you won your first trophy 
Or when a friend didn't invite you to a play date and invited someone else instead. Or when you were entering a big building called school filled with kids you didn't know. How many times were you asked or were you given words about your internal experience in those moments? One, two, can't remember? Most likely, you don't have lots of memories of the adults in your life asking you these kinds of questions. Most likely, when you fell off your bike, you heard something like, it's okay, you're okay. Or when you won a trophy, you heard something like, good job, you're awesome, that's my girl, that's my boy. Or when you started kindergarten or moved to that new school, you probably heard something like, don't be afraid, you'll be fine. When your parents and caregivers said something like that to you, they were not teaching you how to connect to yourself, to your internal experience, or how to understand your internal experience, let alone how to communicate it. What they were teaching you was to evaluate situations. They were teaching you to judge yourself or to put your attention on something else, like the future. And they had very good intentions doing this, of course. Many of my clients, myself included, have memories of our parents, teachers, and influential caregivers say things such as, don't be afraid, don't be angry, don't be sad, etc. And when the first and most influential communication teacher said that to us again and again and again when we were children having feelings, they were not teaching us to connect with certain aspects of ourselves. In fact, They were teaching us not to connect with our internal experience, with our emotional aspect of ourselves. And so, if you heard again and again, don't be nervous, don't be sad. Now that you're an adult, you don't know how to connect with that temporary experience of nervousness or inner experience of sadness, let alone communicate it. It makes perfect sense. In fact, Perhaps now that you're an adult, you suppress those feelings. If they come to the surface, you do your best to push them away. So one of the reasons why it's so difficult to communicate feelings is that you were not taught how to. And if you think about this a tiny bit more, How many times did you hear your teachers in school ask you how you felt about something you were learning? If your school teachers were like my client's school teachers or my school teachers, you were not asked these questions about your feelings. No, when you went to school, the questions your teachers asked you again and again and again were more about your thinking, weren't they? For example, what do you think about the fact that cats sleep for 18 hours a day or Can you compare and contrast domestic cats with wild cheetahs? Or what kind of genre is this book I'm reading to you? Or think about the practice of wearing uniforms in schools. Do you agree or disagree? State three reasons for your opinion. These prompts are probably familiar to you because once again, this is what you were taught to do. And this is why it's hard to communicate about feelings, because you and I and most of us were not taught how to do it. We are more familiar with our thinking because that is what we were taught to communicate. So it's no wonder that it's easier for you to talk about what you think than it is to talk about what you feel. 
So if I were to ask you, how do you feel about that? You're likely to respond with evaluative language, such as, I agree, I feel good, I feel bad, it's okay. And of course, words such as good, bad, or okay are not feeling words. They are evaluation words. Or like in many of my sessions, when I ask my clients, how do you feel about this? And the response is a thought, such as, life is hard. Or, Alejandra, this is the story of my life. Or, I think it's ridiculous to behave this way, but that's who I am. Again, these are thoughts. They are not feelings. And if you do use feeling words, your feeling vocabulary may be tiny in comparison to your thinking vocabulary. You may only have a handful of feeling words that you use over and over, even though there are hundreds of them. In her most recent book called Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown describes research she did with 7,000 people. In this research, she asked them to recognize and name all the emotions as they were experiencing them. Do you know how many feeling words people mentioned on average? Three. Happy, sad, and angry. So if you have a tiny feeling vocabulary, if you respond with a thought when someone asks you about how you're feeling, if you don't know how to connect with the emotional aspect of yourself, please know that this is normal. Yeah, you are perfectly normal because again, you communicate what you learned to communicate. And when we learn to communicate, we learn from what adults teach us explicitly and also what they teach us by modeling. And that's another reason why it's hard to communicate feelings because the people who taught us to communicate didn't model how to communicate when they were having feelings. Why? Because when they were children, they weren't taught either. And depending on the culture they grew up in, certain feelings were a no-no. This is because language and culture go hand in hand. Now, when I talk about culture here, you should know that I'm not referring to nationalities or ethnic groups only. No, when I talk about culture, I'm referring to the various layers of culture, all the layers that we are a part of or that we are influenced by, such as our social economic status, religious ideas, political beliefs, historical context, the schools we attended, etc. In some cultures, the expression of certain feelings is very welcome. For example, for some of my clients, it was very welcome to feel and communicate guilt and remorse. But it wasn't okay to express excitement or joy. While for some other clients and students of mine, excitement and joy were welcome feelings. But sadness or fear were off limits. So sometimes we may have greater ease communicating certain feelings because they were culturally accepted and therefore they were modeled for us. And conversely, we are going to have a harder time communicating feelings that were not accepted in the culture where we grew up. And thus, they were not modeled for us. Now, some cultures accept different feelings for different genders. I have a client who's female and she grew up with brothers. 
In her family, it was okay for her brothers to feel and communicate passion, anger, disappointment. But she was taught that those feelings were not okay for her. She was taught that what was okay for her was to feel and communicate appreciation, sweetness, and satisfaction, which, on the other hand, were not encouraged in her brothers. And depending on what feelings were accepted in your culture and layers of culture, you may have more ease communicating some feelings, but not others. And you may have some beliefs that it's bad to have, to feel, or to communicate certain feelings, only because those feelings were not welcome feelings in the culture where you grew up. So if you'd like to learn to communicate your feelings, you need to uncover what you learned about having and communicating feelings. Here's an action I suggest you do. First, you need to give yourself at least 10 minutes to do this. You can journal, and if you're not someone who likes to journal, no problem. You can go for a walk, you can take your mobile phone, you can open the voice memo or recording app that came with your phone and give yourself these 10 minutes. During these 10 minutes, whether you're writing or recording yourself, answer these two questions. Number one, what messages did you receive about communicating feelings? I'll repeat that. What messages did you receive about communicating feelings? Think about the messages you received from the adults in your life, your caregivers, the most influential people when you were a child, your teachers, your coaches, and the different layers of your culture. And then answer the second question. What feelings were okay to communicate and what feelings were off limits for me? Once again, what feelings were okay to communicate and what feelings were off limits for me? And to give you a little clue, maybe you find that the feelings that were okay to communicate growing up are easy for you to communicate right now that you're an adult. And the feelings that were off limits for you, according to the various layers of culture you were exposed to, are the feelings that now you find difficult to communicate. So once again, give yourself 10 minutes and either journal the answer to these questions or record yourself. And of course, I would love to hear what you find out. You can DM me on Instagram at Language Alchemy, or if you're in my mailing list, you have my email, so you can just email me. And before we recap what you've heard in this episode, I want to remind you that I put together a transformative communication toolkit to help you with specific communication issues. If you'd like to receive it, I'll email it to you. And I can guarantee that it will be a very valuable resource. Go to languagealchemy.com and sign up for my mailing list if you aren't on my mailing list already, because that is how you are going to receive the transformative communication toolkit. Now let's recap what you've heard in this episode. In this episode, you heard four reasons that make it hard to communicate our feelings or to communicate particular feelings. And those reasons are we were taught how to communicate about our thinking, but not about our feeling. Two, we communicate what we have learned and practiced. Three, we didn't have many models of adults communicating their feelings. 
And four, the layers of cultures we grew up in influenced our ideas about our feelings and our ability to communicate them. After I talked about those four reasons, I offered you an inquiry exercise to explore what you learned about experiencing and communicating feelings. And by the way, in case you're wondering, I had to learn to communicate my feelings too. So I know that if I could do it, you can too. Thank you so much for listening and a special thanks to all my clients who've done the important work of understanding what they were taught about feelings and to all my clients who chose to transform those learnings that in time transformed their lives. In our next episode, I am going to teach you about how we react when we have feelings that we don't know how to communicate. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary Lapoe. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.